Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We hope you all have enjoyed a very happy start to your new year. I think Denise and I are still wrapping our heads around the fact that we are in a new year and a new decade. It, it feels fast. Didn't these holidays come very quickly? They did. And a lot of people I, I spoke with, they it didn't feel very festive for, for a lot of folks. Some were rushing to get through, some were thinking, how did it come so quickly? But I think that makes perfect sense with culminating the decade that we just finished up because that's been a bit of a ride for a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely, I think because Thanksgiving was so late, everything just kind of felt very hurried. I kind of like and don't like the time after the holidays, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I I get very sad when all the Christmas stuff is taken down and there's no more holidays, but then I get really happy as well because all the Christmas stuff is down (laughs) (laughs) and there's no more holiday stress. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me, but I do like to use this time as my downtime. I don't feel as pressured by clients and listeners to respond ASAP because I feel like people understand it's the holidays. I'm home with my family I feel that I have more permission to tuck in and spend, like I spent an entire day on Saturday reading a book. Ooh. It was lovely. I haven't done that in a really long time. And I feel like this is a really good time where we can give ourselves permission to do that. And that's sort of our focus for this week's show. We're going to be talking about the power of the pause, how to use it, how to embrace it, how to own it. But I think we need to first talk about what we mean by that. And where I want to start off, Denise, is just by asking our listeners to take a moment and reflect on how busy and chaotic and noisy our lives are. How much we are running our day on have-tos and shoulds rather than want-tos and can't-wait-tos. You know, we are told that we have to be tuned and plugged in all the time to work, friends, social media, current events. It's leaving us feeling disconnected, alone, misunderstood, and overwhelmed. Even with TV, I was at my book club last month and everybody was mentioning all these shows. You haven't seen This Is Us? No, I haven't. You haven't watched You? Nope, haven't checked that out yet either. And they were looking at me like I was odd or weird because (laughs) I'm not up to date on my TV viewing. I know that look, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've got to admit it's kind of a strange world when we even feel pressured to watch TV shows. So here's the thing. The world we live in is never going to just slow down and stop we have turned a corner of no return. There will never, I can remember on Fridays, my mom and I would drive to the train station. We'd pick up my dad from his big city life. We'd drive back into our little country town and he would stop at the ATM and he would say to my mom, Carol, how much money do we need for the weekend? And he would take that out because banks were closed. Everything was Uh shut down on the weekends and everybody was expected to just be home with their families. Do you remember those days? Oh, blue laws. Yes, you could. Yeah. Stores weren't open on Sundays. Yes, that is never coming back. We oh. are never going to have those weekends where we can just escape. 
bosses expect you to be checking your emails over the weekend and people expect you to respond to text right away. My friends actually had sort of an intervention with me a couple of months ago because I'm not very good at responding to text and I guess it hurts their feelings. And mm -hmm. I pulled out my phone and I showed them. I had 48 unread texts. And I am not a popular person. I am not like involved in every social this or that. I just get a lot of text and I don't have time to stop and interrupt my day and my clients and their needs to respond to every single text. And, and I feel that pressure all the time. Do you? Yes. Yes. Or if, if I get an email, I feel like I have to jump right on it. And I, I find myself apologizing if it takes me a few days to get back to a person. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. it took me so long to get back to you. And then I'm thinking, okay, you work. You, it's not for lack of trying, for one thing. So if anyone's waiting for an email from me, it's coming. Please be patient. But it, it is. It's that constant pressure, that constant uh, work. The, the connectedness is such a beautiful thing. I mean, as a, for an example, right now we're talking to people that we never, ever will ever cross paths with. But we're, we're having that sense of community on a global level that's the positive side of it. But the negative side of it is there's, it's really hard to take that power of the pause and shut it down and take a step back. Yeah, it really, really is. And we are the ones who have to take that step down. We are the ones who have to slow down and stop. I, I read an article over the holidays that gave me the idea for this show. It was on mindful.com. It was written by Kara Bradley. She describes two types of noise that we contend with every day, inner noise and outer noise. So outer noise is all the chaos going on around us, chatter, sirens, the TV, texting beeps, news alert, ringing phones, emails pinging, music and TV blaring, doctor's office. Oh my gosh, Denise, I can't go anywhere without the TV. I go to the orthodontist with my younger two daughters and I'm watching those two twins on HDTV. In the waiting room, well, I go what, to my doctor what, what, for... Oh, wait, hang on. What twins are we talking about? Because I think this is where people get to look at me like you don't know who we're talking about. Oh, those two handsome guys. I can't remember their name because I don't watch HDTV, but I did read an article that like, they literally made a billion dollars last year. Oh. They, um, they, they buy houses or they help people buy houses and fix them up. And Are they twins? They're twins. They're identical oh, twins. Okay. I've seen, I, it just fluttered a memory in my head, but I've never seen the show. They're cute. They're adorable. They're really good at what they do. I mean, it was a good show, but I didn't want to sit in the orthodontist office and have that blaring at me. No oh. offense to those two cutie pies. I just wanted to read my book. <laughs> Everywhere I go, there's music. You go to the grocery there's noise, store, there's yes. music. It's, there's noise everywhere. You know, and I, so, you know, I love um, Outlander. I read all that series. So I got kind of addicted to time travel books. And I started reading all these books. And one of, I read one little cheesy romance about a knight who comes to the present day. You know, that he time travels here. And one of the underlying themes of the book was he couldn't handle the noise of our world. And that really made me think how quiet it must have been 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and beyond. And even not that long, because when I moved to the house I'm in now, I'm on a main road, there's noise, there's car noise. 
but I moved here from being in a very out in the middle of nowhere place. And it was, it was horrible it, because I went from absolute silence. Like when you shut everything down at night, it would just be dead silent, pitch black, that, that kind of peaceful sound to hearing car noise all the time, to hearing people walking by, to hearing neighbors. And it took years to adjust to it. Years. So oh, I, I, I understand that on a soul level. Yeah. We need that silence in our day if we're going to take this pause. Now, in that article by Kara Bradley, she also talks about inner noise. And I think we all can relate to this. This is the chaos that we create in our own heads. You have to do this. You should have done that. You should have said this. Why haven't you sent that email? Why are you sitting there reading that book when you should be researching that project, looking for that new job, cleaning the kitchen, and on and on and on? We call this monkey mind. And I don't think I've met, I mean, I've never known a Buddhist monk, so maybe that's why. But I've never met anyone who doesn't contend with monkey mind. Have you? No. And it feels that it, sometimes there's a lot of monkeys in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite, what is that game there used to be? We would hook the little monkey arms, barrel of monkeys. Yeah. It hooked the little plastic. That's, it's similar to that. And then other times it's getting on the loop tape with one thought over and over again and obsessing about it. And I think this is, I, for years I thought, oh my gosh, other people aren't wired this way. But I think that's more normal than not to, to get in that, that headspace. And if you can turn I, I it on too. and off, God love you. That's wonderful. Yeah, I do too. There are times in my life when I can turn it on and off and there are times in my life where I can't. And those times feel very scary to me because I can't get out of my own head. So like approaching the holidays, I definitely got like that. I was going mm -hmm. over my kids you know, Christmas wish list. I was checking off, did I get the teacher gift? Are we still tipping our mail delivery people and garbage pickup people? I don't know. What's the etiquette on that? Have mm -hmm. I done my neighborhood gifts? Did I, are we sending out cards? Good Lord, Denise, I got the least amount of Christmas cards I've ever gotten in my life this year. Wow. Yeah. I feel like people is... are posting their Christmas cards on Facebook now, which kind of makes me sad. I get it, but it kind of makes me sad. Mm -hmm. So did you send out cards? I did not. I had them okay. all made up. I had a beautiful photo of my children made up. I had the cards made up. And I never had a minute to sit down and write them out and send them off. Which... I think that's the last time I sent cards was the same thing. And then it became the first of the year. And I thought, well, I'll send Happy New Year cards. Yeah, I, and... yeah, I've done that. <laughs> so sometimes when you get in those moments, like I was in in December, where you can't get out of your monkey mind, I think you do need to think about this concept, the power of the pause. For me, if I can just have, you know, an hour in a week, and when I say a week, I mean Monday to Friday. If I can, in those crazy, chaotic, stressful times, if I can just have an hour to walk in the woods or to sit in my comfy chair and read, I'm okay. I'm much better if I can honor the sacredness that I try to attribute to Sundays and not work and not you know, focus on anything, but I have to be mindful of taking this pause. There's a quote by Joseph Campbell that has really helped me in those stressful moments. He says, you must have a place to which you can go in your heart, your mind, or your house almost every day where you do not owe anyone and where no one owes you 
a place that simply allows for the blossoming of something new and promising. Oh, I love that. And that is true. We need that place, whether it's a sacred space in our house, whether it's a place in our mind, like when we meditate, or whether it's a place we can go to. I walk my dogs every day. And I'm not even going to say where it is because we have a lot of local listeners and I like to be alone. But I have found (laughs) this little hidden spot overlooking a little dried out creek. It used to be a lovely creek and then the hurricanes came. Anyway, and there's a huge magnolia and I can sit under that magnolia. And and because of the hurricane, the branches have bent so that it's almost like the tree is hugging me. Oh, that's nice. Yep. And I sit there. I let the dogs off the leash. I am hidden. Nobody can see me. I actually tested it out. I told my girls, go over here. I'm going to take the dogs over there and see if you can see me. And they couldn't see me. So it's super hidden and secluded. And that's like my sacred space. And I will read or write or I'll just sit there and talk to God. But I think we all need to have a place like that, whatever it is. Remember, I've told everyone on the show before, when my kids were babies and I couldn't find a sacred space in my home because every inch was covered with Legos and Barbies and all sorts of beeping toys, my walk-in closet was my sacred space. And Mm -hmm. that's where I had my little meditation center. I think we need to create that wherever we are living in our heads and in our physical space. Don't you agree? I do. And if you're thinking, I don't have a walk-in closet, I don't have any space. Sometimes it can be as simple as sitting in your car for five minutes. Just go to the far end of the parking lot and sit by yourself for a minute. I think that time alone to get quiet is the, the real premise of everything we're talking about. Just give yourself a chance for your shoulders to go down a little bit, to take a deep breath and say, okay, I've got this. And having it's beautiful if you do have for for me being by water whether I walk the beach go down by the river go by a creek water is very soothing for me and it helps me and a lot of times I'll stand there and I'll like think things and then I'll release it and let it wash away so you know kind of a ritual thing around water but I think that that's very uh very very important for all of us so do you ever still use your space in the closet yes I do you've you've built a little sanctuary yeah And I feel like it's charged with good mojo energy in there. I agree that the car can be a great place. The library, I have escaped to the library many, many times. One of my good friends, we were driving in town a couple of months ago and we, every, every member of our city council is a realtor or developer in some way. And so my town is changing and growing and it's very upsetting and every road is blocked off because they're adding this ramp or building this new building. And so we were trying to get to this restaurant and everything was blocked and she's taking all these turns. And I'm like, how are you figuring this out? I didn't even know this road existed and I've lived here over 20 years. She didn't have her GPS on. And she said, oh, well, when my kids were younger, if they ever fell asleep in the car, I would just drive around for hours. It was the only solitude I had. And I learned every back road of this city. (laughs) I thought, well, that's a great idea. So yeah, you have to find your sacred space and your time and your pause whenever, wherever, and however you can. And keep in mind that even religions teach us to take this pause. The Jewish religion practices the Sabbath. Christians have Sundays. 
These are powerful days of rest, renewal, and reconnection that we're supposed to take. And it doesn't have to be a Saturday or a Sunday. If, if you're a hairstylist and you only have Mondays off, then make your sacred day Monday. It's just giving yourself permission to take this pause. And I think that there are many types of pauses we can take. There's the true pause where you just stop for a day or two and disconnect from all expectations and to-dos and allow yourself to just tuck in, relax, and do whatever the heck you want. I'm not very good with that pause, but I have tried. I have really good examples of those pauses, though, that I have witnessed in my life. Um, (laughs) Like my friend Deb, for example, she takes at least a week every year. And she will either go to this remote island by herself or she'll go to a silent retreat by herself. For a whole week? For a whole week. Wow. Yeah. And that is sacred. And you don't call her or text her or email to her. You know, that's her time. And she honors herself. And we all honor and respect her for honoring that. It's, and it's a really good example. Like I've, I've learned from it. I still haven't done it. But, you know, I hope to. And I think also we can gift people with this pause. I have a really good friend who was working on finishing a book and she had two kids. They were like four and six at the time. And she just, you know, couldn't find the pause in her day to finish this book. And Christmas came and she's looking under the tree, like what did her husband get her? There's no gift. And she's like, son of a bitch, if he did not get me anything. (laughs) And he hands her an envelope And she's like, okay, maybe there's tickets, plane tickets in here. I don't know. She opens it up and it was reservations for a hotel. And he said, pack your bags. I reserved you this room overlooking the beach for the next two nights. I've got the kids. You go finish that book. Oh. Is that not the most amazing gift? That's a very nice gift. I know. I think you're getting really good at taking the pause. Am I right about that or not? Um, I can't give you that one. I kind of suck at this. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working at it. Well, that's I one of the goals like, for the new year. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe that's what I should say. Because you've got some wonderful trips planned for 2020 that I feel, or I hope, will give you opportunities for this pause. That's part of my goal with this is to redefine and restructure aspects of my life so that I can bring more balance in because I'll get caught on that loop tape of push, 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 not wanting to let people down, not taking the time off because being self-employed, if people are listening, they're self-employed, you, you do what you, you do what you do. Um, So that's one of my big goals for this coming year is to restructure some aspects of my life so that I can institute the pause. Smaller pauses you can take. You can commit to a morning practice and you're really good at this, Denise. Where you start your day doing something you want to do, like read, meditate, journal, go for a run or a walk. I think it's a great routine to get into the habit of doing this because how we start our day truly does set the tone for the day. And it also goes back to the monkey mind thing because one of the reasons that I do journal every morning is to get that stuff out of my head and let it go. So it might be an interaction. I had some days it's just complaining. I almost said a more colorful word, complaining <laughs> about, uh, you know, this happened or this person said, but it, it gets it out. So I don't have to hold on to it physically, mentally, or spiritually. 
it's also very peace sometimes it's you know all this beautiful stuff will come through or insights or but it's it's the quiet and the routine more than anything else so for some i have a, a dear friend who her morning practice is to drink hot water with lemon and then do yoga every morning every day never misses it I, that was I, one of my goals for 2019 because if anyone's listening and you're like me and you're a night owl, starting your morning gently and gracefully is very, very hard. Because my the time that I come alive is at night. That's where my best ideas come. That's where I feel that sacred space of silence. And I started reading all these articles on how, especially as you get older, being a night owl is really bad for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. So I started kind of forcing myself to go to bed earlier. And I mean like 10, 8, 10 p.m., which is really, really early for me and getting up earlier in the morning. And Denise, you were my inspiration for that. You really were. Because huh. listening to you with your pages every morning and how you get up early and you have that time. And, and you pointed out to me, just as I like the nighttime because I'm alone and I can think and be alone with my thoughts, you were like, well, you can have that in the morning too. Because it's not like my kids are setting their alarm for 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom, you want some eggs? That's not happening. <laughs> so I have tried very, very hard. You know, I haven't always succeeded, but I have succeeded more than I have not this year uh, at getting up at 5 a.m. and either writing or sometimes I have, I have these two books by my bed, The Essential Rumi and The Illuminated Rumi, because I just love him so much. And sometimes I'll just sit with a cup of tea and, and just read from that, even if it's 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. now, I do the sun salutation and some other yoga every morning. I have like my whole life, but I always do it in front of the TV while watching the news. And I think that kind of negates the whole purpose. So oh. I probably need to get away from that. Yeah, maybe put on some nice music or just do it in quiet or yeah that well we, we know my feelings about news saturation so I know okay another small pause you can take is to consider having a quiet lunch to yourself you could put on noise canceling headphones eat a quiet meal go for a walk or just sit in your car for a blessed 30 minutes by yourself but taking that break in your day can be incredibly rejuvenating, especially if you're having a stressful day at work. That was it, huge, huge, huge for me to get through at my last job was I would literally go in and I had a, the, the way my room was set up there, there was a little office off to the side. So you really didn't know I was in there and I would kind of shut the lights in the classroom and go in the office and I would just shut down for that when we got 22 minutes for lunch and I would just shut out the world for those 22 minutes to be able to recharge to get through the rest of the day. And it wasn't shutting people out. It was realizing I'm in a very toxic place and I need to take care of myself and give myself these few minutes to just recharge. Well, and just a shout out to teachers. You know, my, my sister teaches first grade now and they lost their full-time assistants thanks to oh. our former governor who just didn't think teachers needed that. And so there was several months where my sister didn't get a bathroom break. Mm -hmm. Never mind 22 minutes of lunch. She, had, she ate lunch with the kids. She didn't get a bathroom break. And then 
an older gentleman who was retired and had been a teacher for 30 years volunteered in her classroom for like just two hours a day just so she could take those breaks. And I just found him so inspiring. And it's such a reminder of what people can do with their retirement. Like what a, it, what a gift he gave her. And it's also very, I had an older gentleman that came in and volunteered in my room for several years and we became very dear friends. And, but it was also what I love, love, love about that is the intergenerational connection for the kids because a lot don't have contact with older people. And it was fun because this man really loved history. And I had a, a student who um, was quite severely on the spectrum, but had an incredible, incredible wealth of knowledge about uh, history and World War II and combat and all this stuff. And they would sit and have these in-depth conversations that were fulfilling for both of them. It helped the older man's, gave him a sense of purpose, helped him feel connected, but also that student felt really seen and valued and understood. It was beautiful to see. That really is. Now, another small pause you can take is in the afternoon or early evening. If you're like me, you might have a low time. Mine is three to five. Some people, it's five to seven. Do you have that where you just kind of tank out energy-wise? Late afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine too. And if you have that as well, you should plan for it and schedule in 10, 15, 20 minutes where you can just take a break and do something relaxing for a bit. Even if it's just playing, I don't know, Candy Crush or Words with Friends on your phone. We're not talking about, you know, meditating and communing with the Lord. I'm not saying you've got to like, you know, go do yoga in your office because it's late afternoon. That's often crunch time for many people at work. I'm just saying... Plan for these pause breaks in your day, especially if you know that's a low time. That's, I will make a protein smoothie for myself during that time to kind of amp up my energy. I'll take the dogs for a walk. Just something quick that kind of rejuvenates me. Another good pause is to have a set nighttime routine that includes going to bed earlier if you can. But also... <laughs> Just something that's a ritual about your evening so that you look forward to it, whether that includes a prayer or writing in a gratitude journal or watching a silly fun show on Netflix, just something that you look forward to so that all day long when you're getting stressed out and overwhelmed, you can think about that comforting, soothing nighttime routine and it'll help you remember that you are worthy of the pause and it's coming. And then another really good small pause to take is a laughter pause. I think we can get so overwhelmed with all the stress and the negative news and everything going on in our lives, we forget to laugh. Watch a funny movie, read a comedy, look, at, look up stand-up comedy routines on YouTube, watch old Saturday Night Live clips on there as well. Anything that makes you laugh. Watch cat videos if that's your thing. I have a friend who's constantly sending me cat videos. I don't find them as funny as she does, but, you know, more power to her. It makes her laugh. But, and also, uh, one of my eternal gratefuls is that I can crack myself up with the – I can just get silly and crack myself up. If you can find humor just being by yourself with – something silly or it doesn't matter what it is but when you raise that vibration just on your own by laughing or exactly what you're saying if something really tickles you and you find it funny that's going to shift your whole mood it's going to 
ben it's very beneficial physically for laughter too doesn't it bring more oxygen into your cells and rejuvenate stuff um yes. it's a great great thing to get in the practice of, of. It, it it truly is and it's it's helped me so much just i have my faith i'm i'm a huge huge comedy fan I love all the stand-up comedians and I will just YouTube them from time to time just to kind of have a little laughter break. And finally, a little pause to think about is schedule a future pause where you focus on planning something fun in the future. You know, every study done on this shows that planning a vacation actually brings you more fun than the actual vacation. Something I thought of a lot in October when I was standing in line for rides at Disney, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> And see, this, this one can be a learned behavior because I'm just now at the point of my life where I'm looking ahead at things. So the workshop that I went to last fall, I had to schedule that way in advance. I had to save the money. I had to put it away. It was very, just to have the luxury of that. So if you're right in the thick of it and thinking, I can't think past today, I just have to get past today. For a lot of us, that's a learned behavior, and it comes either with time or age or letting go of other things in your life. But I agree, it does make it more enjoyable. It also takes a lot of the stress and anxiety out of the actual experience. Even if it's a dream vacation, like I have to tell a quick little story real quick. I'd love I, have, I have a dream of renting my house out for a summer and moving to Cornwall and just writing and enjoying living in my mythical England. I'm sure, I, I know we have so many listeners from England who are like, lady, you're in America. We love America. Like, shut up about England. It's not that great. Don't <laughs> pop my bubble. I think your country is wonderful and I want to spend a summer there. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Brexit. I don't want to hear any, I just want to go rent a little stone cottage and look at the sea in Cornwall. So Ooh. if you guys don't know this, which you probably don't. Denise is the best gift giver I've ever met. Oh, stop you it. You are. Stop. You are the best. Every one of my favorite gifts since I've known oh. you is from you. So last year, you got me travel books to England, and she even tucked into the Christmas card um, the, uh, what, what, uh, oh, pound, pound. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of the name for it. And so I love to just sit in my bed at night and just flip through those books and imagine where I'm going to go and what I'm going to see. I have a Pinterest board of everything I want to do when I get to England. So this year, I have a new favorite gift. My daughter painted me a, a picture. I'll have to post it on Facebook. It's me at a writing desk. It's just the back of me looking out a window and the ocean and the rocks and the little British flag. Oh. Is that the oh, sweetest that thing? That gave me willies. That's beautiful. I know. It made me cry. There I am Christmas morning amidst wrapping paper and boxes, and I'm like crying. And she's like, don't you like it? I'm like, no, I love it so much. I'm crying. So even having like a dream vacation that you can plan for that one day, I think is super fun. And it's given me a really happy pauses very often. So what we really want to talk about now that we've gone over the power of the pause we want to talk about the people pleasing pause but before we get into that we just want to take a quick break to tell us to tell you all about some cool stuff denise and i have coming up in january on january 22nd we're going to offer a free webinar 
uh, an introduction of what to expect if you are interested in taking our Mediumship 101 course. We kind of go through the syllabus a little bit. We answer some questions. It takes about an hour. It's going to be at 7 o'clock at night on Thursday, oh, excuse me, on Wednesday, January 22nd. So if you're interested in taking the class and you're not sure that it's for you, you may want to check out that, that free webinar. Uh, the we're It's actually, free, uh, and you get to see Denise and me. We wait. You can ask Yes, you can ask us questions, you can see each other. And I think what's great about this, besides the fact that it's free, is you get to see how does working with Zoom work? Is it really like being in a class live in person with Samantha and Denise? Do I like learning in this way? And so we right. just think it's a really good opportunity to make sure this is the investment of time you want to make this year for yourself. So you can register for that on my website, samanthafay.com, or on Denise's website, thegratefulmessenger.com. And I will post links to that on Facebook because our mediumship classes are coming up in February. Yes, they are. It's for the evening class, Wednesdays from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the dates are the 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. So then we'll be offering that same class again in March, but during the day on Fridays, so kind of a lunchtime thing for people in an Eastern Coast Zone, you know, Eastern Time Zone. And it's March 6th, 13th, 20th, and 27th, and that's from 12 to 1.30 on Fridays. And then later in April, we'll be doing the advanced class on Wednesday nights. So we have a lot of really fun stuff coming up. Very exciting. And I want to just jump back to the free webinar for one quick second is if you're on the fence of, I don't really know, I'm not sure, this will give you an idea of if you're ready to take that jump. So if you're feeling like it's something you want to explore, but you're not quite sure it's appropriate, please do join us for the free webinar so you can decide, okay, I'm not quite ready for this or, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Perfect. So we hope to see you there. And if you have questions, go to our websites because we've got full explanations and details of everything coming up. So it's samanthafay.com and thegratefulmessenger.com. Okay, back to the show. So Denise, the people-pleasing pause. I think this is something we all need to consider, especially as we welcome in a new year and a new decade. This is a hard one. It is a hard one. We all want to please people, but I think empaths in particular have this need more so than the average person. It's the healer, the fixer, the helper that lies in all of us. We want to be there for everyone. We feel their emotions. We feel their need. We feel this obligation almost to be present for everyone. But if you take a moment to take this pause, when someone asks you to help out with something, don't say yes right away and don't say no right away either. Just pause. Just pause and say, let me see and I'll get back to you. Something I love to say when people ask me for help I like to say, let me think about the best response for that and I'll get back to you. Or let me think about my calendar and I'll get back to you. Just let me think. You're asking for that pause. So you're not saying yes, you're not saying no. If your boss asks you to tackle a new project, pause before jumping in and saying yes. Ask to stay late at work, pause a moment before agreeing. If a friend asks you to watch your kids for the weekend, pause. Take a moment to think about it. 
A family member asks you to host the next holiday, pause. A coworker asks you to help them with a project, pause. If you jump in with a happy yes every time, people will view you as a pleaser and many will take advantage of that while you'll be left feeling tired, depleted, and overwhelmed. If you say no to everything, people could view you as closed off, negative, and distant, leaving you feeling alone, disconnected, and misunderstood. So we're not trying to say with this people-pleasing pause to just say no to everything. We're saying just take a moment to think, consider, and evaluate your response. Exactly. And if uh, my, my example for that would be doing marathon days where I need to set better boundaries, but I don't want to let anyone down. So I'll say, oh, no, that's fine. I can work those extra two hours or no, those extra four people are fine. And then I'm exactly what you're saying at the end, feeling very depleted rather than it, because I want to make sure that everyone gets as much as I can possibly give them, but at what cost? And I think that fits for all of the examples as well of, you know, is this because I'm coming from a place where I really want to do this and I'll do a good job and I want to be of service or I want to, or is it leaving you feeling a little bit resentful or maybe like, I don't want to, don't make me. Right, right. With my pause, I'm pretty good at taking that pause. What I'm not good at is if I do say yes or feel that I have to say yes, I'm not very good at balancing everything else along with this extra thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I need to think about and work on with this power of the pause. Like, for example, 10 days before Christmas, my mom fell and broke her back. And it was the same day my sister was getting on a flight to go to California to see her husband's family for the rest of the holidays, which meant my parents were all me all the time for Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> that was very, very difficult. So <laughs> now you guys understand a little bit more of my holiday stress this year. But I had a really hard time because I had committed to so many other things for Christmas. And, you know, as my, my daughters were joking all break, mom, you're not Amazon. Because the minute somebody would put an order in to my online store, I would have to like get it in the post office that day because I was so panicky. Like I'm so honored when people choose me as part of their holiday gift giving. I can't tell you what that means to me, knowing all the options that are out there. So I take that to heart and I want to make sure it's there by Christmas. So I'm going to the post office two or three times a day. I'm going over to my parents' house two or three times a day. In addition to everything else you have to do to get ready for the holidays. And I realized, okay, I have to do this show, not for the listeners, but for me, because I need to embrace this power of the pause. Sometimes you can't take that pause with a yes or a no. You know, like I couldn't say to my mom, let me think about that. Let me, let me right. see if I can, you know, check in on you and help with meals and take you to the doctor. No, like that's what you have to do. But then I needed to learn how to readjust everything else in my schedule. And, and it was hard and embracing this idea of the power of the pause, even if it was just, you know, five extra minutes in the car driving home, that helped me to reset my focus before walking in the door after, you know, an afternoon with my mom. So taking that pause is crucial, I think. Now, 
when you are asked to do something and you do have an option of saying yes or no, you want to ask yourself some important questions. Do I want to do this? I mean, how many times seriously do we think that question? Do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? What are the pros and cons of doing this? How does saying yes to this make me feel? And for us empaths, I mean really feel it in your body. When you think about saying yes, feel it in your gut, feel it in your heart, and feel it in your mind. Do you feel tense in your shoulders? Does your throat tighten up? Does, do your hands clench a little bit? That's usually your body telling you, this ain't going to go so well. But if you feel resolute, calm, yeah, I can do this. That's your body telling you, it's going to be okay. We can do this. How does saying no to this make me feel? And follow all the, these emotions to their logical conclusions. That's the key. Follow it through. Because as you were reading those, I was thinking about someone close to me who made some choices over the holidays. Because in his words, he said, this is really important to someone that I care about. And I need to put, I don't want to do this, but I know that it means so much that I'm willing to do this. And then in retrospect, we, we had a discussion of, about it later on. But I think that that's an important thing to, your example with your mom is spot on. Or if you have children that you, you have this big day planned and then one of the kids gets sick and you can't do it. Those, those aren't what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about those decisions that are on you that uh, if, if you're having a visceral reaction and you want to go jump out a window when someone's asking you to do something, please, please pay attention to that. Because I think for, for me, and, and I can only own my stuff, is that sometimes I'll fall into a loop where I'm doing all of these things I really don't want to and it snowballs and it's hard to get out of it. Do you ever have that happen? Where no, one thing just leads never. to the... <laughs> and then we're back to square one and it becomes like a big deal to set any boundaries and say no to anything. So yeah. I, I think this is a work in progress thing for us. I do too. I do too. And that's why I think just just even considering the power of the pause can start a chain reaction of positive events for all of us. Now, this also extends to conflicts. When someone presents you with a conflict, take a pause so you can respond rather than react. There is a huge power in taking a breath and focusing on how you want to respond to the situation rather than react. This allows you to stay in control of the situation and of yourself. When we react, we lose our cool. We resort to old instincts and act out of preconceived notions. We stop listening. We lose our filter. But when we respond, we take a moment to explore options, to look at both sides. We give both parties a chance to breathe. We allow ourselves to listen and be heard. When we take a pause to respond, we allow ourselves a moment to ask some important questions. Is this really about me? What's actually happening here? Am I taking this personally? Is this person trying to start a fight to distract me from something bigger? Am I trying to start a fight to avoid focusing on something? Is this really even a conflict or am I allowing myself to be triggered? Because when we react, we're not thinking. We allow our unconscious to take over, which can lead to hurtful words or actions. Reacting is all about being defensive. But when we take that pause, 
and we respond, we're fully conscious and connected to the moment. We give ourselves the pause we need to take a step back and engage the situation rationally and calmly. You know, Denise, I learned this first when I was a, te- a brand new baby teacher and I was working at that alternative high school for kids just out of rehab or prison. And there was this one girl who pushed all my buttons big time. And we had an on-staff counselor at this school named Todd, who was so wonderful. And there were many, many days where I would go to the teacher break room and just cry on his shoulder. And one day he said to me, this isn't about her. This is about you. And I was like, no, 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 this is about her. Like she's being a total B. She's Mm -hmm. pressing all my buttons on purpose and nothing I do or say helps. And he said, no, 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 this is about you. You are reacting to her. If you stop reacting to her and you respond to her and to what she's really trying to tell you, this will all stop. That was Mm life-changing. And so the next time she pushed my buttons, I just took a breath and I listened and I let her spew all her venom. And I said to her, Rebecca, what's really going on here? And she spewed more venom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And I took all of her complaints one at a time. You know, like her first one was history is dumb and you're too young to be a teacher and you don't know what you're doing. I, I responded to each one of those very calmly and rationally. And then I said to her, what's really going on? And that's when she told me what was really going on. And there was a very, very awful situation going on at home she felt powerless to stop it or control it we called the social worker and intervened and helped her and she wrote me letters for about three or four years after she left that school we ended up becoming not friends because she was Mm -hmm. my student but friendly and it it changed everything it changed me as a person as a teacher and as a reactor but what I love, love, love about that is you not only empowered her to stand in her space and be heard, you empowered yourself by taking that pause and not allowing her to just uh, berate or, or spew the venom at you. Right. So that, that's a beautiful example. It was, it was all Todd. He was, he was such a good counselor. He really, really helped all right, so I've got some examples I just jotted down to give people an idea of what I'm talking about. Let's say you're trying to get your home ready for a party. Everyone's coming over in about 30 minutes, and you haven't even checked your guest bathroom if it's clean and ready to go, and you still have a million things to do. Your kids are running around. They're not listening to you. They're definitely not helping. And one of them, in their chaotic runs around the house, drops your crystal vase, the one you got on your wedding day from your grandmother. You feel instantly angry. Your body gets hot and flushed. You tense up. You're getting ready to react with anger, recommendations, punishment. How could you do that? You're so thoughtless. Go to your room. And then everything's ruined. You know, your kid feels like crap. You feel like crap. Everyone's coming to your house. They're going to feel that energy. Even if they don't know what they're feeling, they're going to feel it. But if you took a moment to pause, took a deep breath, evaluated the situation, you might have seen it differently. Your kid didn't intend to shatter that vase. It wasn't done vindictively or thoughtlessly. They were just being kids. And your grandmother, she's in your heart and your memory. She's not in that vase. It's just a vase. Yeah, it sucks that it happened. But what will suck even more is if your child feels useless and clumsy 
because of something you shouted out in anger. So you pause, you take a deep breath, you tell your child to get the dustpan and brush and you two clean it up together while quietly telling your child, this is why they need to be more careful and listen to you. After it's cleaned up, you have them take the garbage out and help you with party preparations. It's a totally different scene just because you took that power of the pause. It's a good example. And that's, that's really hard because there's a lot of emotional attachment and stress and people and, but that's a good example. And, and it's a learned and interestingly, a lot of times we can do that in a public place or a work environment or a, but in our homes where our, our most comfortable defenses are down place, we may have more of that instantaneous reaction for the people that we love the most. So right, right. to take that pause is, is a wonderful gift for yourself and for anyone that you're um, dealing with. And you're right. It is a learned behavior. It does not come naturally. And just because it doesn't come naturally does not give us the right to go throughout life reacting rather than responding. I was never modeled how to respond properly in a situation like that. If I broke a vase, that'd be it. I'd be grounded for like a month and, and yelled at and berated. And I didn't want to pass that on to my kids. So I'd never responded like that when they did something like that. It was a learned behavior for me. And so I know it can be learned for everyone. Let's say you're working on a very important project at work. You're on a team, but the leader is slack and relying on you to actually be the leader. I think we've all been in that situation, whether it's a group project at school or work. You're doing most of the work. They're taking all the credit. The strain has been building for days. After working late again, the leader of the team berates you for not noticing a tiny mistake on the presentation you've all been working on. You want to shout, this is not my fault. We're a team, and if you were anything like an actual leader, you'd recognize that and do your effing job, right? That's what you'd want to say. <laughs> Some might, yes. Some might. <laughs> this would boomerang on you, though, making you look silly, irate, and difficult to work with, while the leader would look blameless. But if you took the power of the pause and realized that, yeah, you've got a jackass on your team leading you all, but you're also on that team, you would have been able to say, Wow, how did we all miss that? Luckily, we caught it now. Should we check the rest one more time before calling it a night? Then you look calm, rational, and like the team player you really are. That's As Albert Einstein said, he who can no longer pause to wonder and stand in rapt awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. Oh, we I do love that, Albert. I do too. He's got some of the best quotes. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to pause and stand in wonder and awe, not only at the beauty of the world around us, not only in the beauty of the simple moments that life presents us, we have to learn to embrace the pause in those moments of wonder and awe when we're looking at our kid running around crashing a vase we treasure, when we're looking at a boss or a leader crashing around the project we've been working on. We have to take that pause and look at that in wonder and awe and think, what is happening here? How can I respond to this rather than react to it? I think it's life-changing. I agree. And, and it's easy to practice in your everyday life. You're worried about finances. You go to the mailbox. There's a pile of bills in there. Take a minute. Take a deep breath. And just before you dive in and go from zero to 60 with how am I going to just, just take that pause. And I think it, as we practice it more, in more aspects of our everyday life, 
it becomes so much easier to use when we really need it. Right. I think acceptance and surrender is a big part of the power of the pause. I know for me, there have been times in my life where I have just accepted, okay, this is a busy, chaotic time. Whether it's this season or these years, you know, like when my kids were little, I just said, okay, these are really, really busy times. I'm not going to get to do everything I want to do or need to do. I just have to accept that and focus on what's important. And what's important is spending time with my kids. So what can I carve out of my life to keep my focus there? If I've ever had those moments of going to the mailbox and looking at all those bills, I've just accepted, okay, I've got a lot of bills right now. There's more money going out than coming in. I just need to accept this, not freak out about it, not berate myself. Just accept this is where I am at this moment in my life. These are the things I can carve out of my life to change that and at least help the situation until it gets better. Or if I've been in a crappy job with a yucky boss, I just have to accept it. Okay, this sucks right now. I'm not enjoying this job. I'm not enjoying this boss. I just have to lean into it and accept it and focus on what I can do to make it better going forward. But that acceptance part has really been key for me. Yes. It, it's a, the answer to so many of the things that we struggle with. Yeah, so that we're not getting into that monkey mind of awfulizing everything. And that's why taking that moment to just pause and take a breath and look at whatever the situation is, wherever you are in your life, just pausing to look at it and not react to it, but to think, how do I want to respond to this to this situation, to this person, to myself. Right. That is going to give you the reins of your life back, and that's going to slowly but surely restore a sense of calm and inner serenity to your inner chaos and your outer chaos. Beautifully put. Thank you. Well, we hope we've given you some good things to think about, and I hope you all consider taking the power of the pause as you welcome in the new year. I think January is one of the best moments of the year to pause and to really think, you know, where have I been? Where am I going? What have I focused on? What do I want to focus on now? And where in my day, in my week, in my year, can I press the pause button and just enjoy my life? Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful, happy, blessed week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.